What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Life Coach Zach podcast. I'm your host, Zach Rance, certified life coach, certified nutritionist, mental health advocate, meditation master. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, though, thanks so much for stopping by. I like to bring guests on here that are leaders in their chosen field, whether it's a doctor or nutritionist or maybe just another life coach or spirituality coach. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity that I can share it with you guys. I hope you enjoy. To everyone that's listening, I'm here with J.M. Ryerson. He's a mindset coach, host of Transcending Life podcasts, author of Amazon bestseller, Let's Go Win, The Keys to Living Your Best Life. He coaches in leadership, business, team building, and career development. J.M., how's your day going so far? Brother, it's uh, it's great, man. It's, uh, it's a Monday, busy day, but I'm really excited to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Love it. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to pop in for a little bit. I love connecting with other life coaches, other mindset coaches, because this is something that I'm really passionate about. And as someone who's results oriented, um, changing my mindset was the first pivot in a better direction that I started to build on. And that's the real foundation for a little bit of my success. But tell me more about your mindset shift and a little bit about your story. Yeah, man, I think so often we are given these hard wires and my parents are amazing. Trust me, the most loving human beings there are. That doesn't mean they didn't give me some of their baggage. And there's a a study out there that says 80% of our hard wires are actually put into us before we have a long-term memory at the age of five. That's crazy. So for instance, if my dad has a poor relationship with money, then that a lot of times will be passed down to me. And so in terms of that journey, you know, so often I think people don't understand that it does start with your belief system. And we have so many self-limiting beliefs. The people that love us the most, so often they think they're trying to protect us. So they say, oh, you can't do that. Or, oh, you shouldn't do that. Why? Right. And, and so it's not that they're meaning to harm you. It's that they think they're looking out for you. But the truth is, you can do anything you set your mind to. I truly believe that. But it does start with that initial belief. And Henry Ford's the one that says it. Whether you believe you can or can't, you're right. And I'll use that a lot when I talk to my clients or, or my kids. It's, you're right. If you say I can't do it, you are spot on. If you say you can, mm-hmm. absolutely you can. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about how someone can be more in control of their thoughts and change their mindset. That's a great question, brother. I think it's just being really intentional with what are we feeding our brain? Because so often we just kind of go through life in habit mode or habitually just running through life. Well, the challenge with that is a lot of times we're watching the news. We're surrounding ourselves with people that maybe aren't raising us up, but rather bringing us down. And so if you're not real intentional on taking care of three things daily, your mind, your body, and your soul, you're going to have some challenges. And so often I see the body part that's taken care of. People know, look, we need to work out. That wasn't always the case, right? In the 70s and 80s, it started to gain some traction. You know, these bodybuilders are kind of looked at as different. Now that's not the case. Everybody knows take care of your body, right? Without health, we have nothing. Then the mind part so often, especially recently, If you're watching, uh, you know, CNN or Fox, or I don't care which one it is or what side you land on, it's not typically going to be your agenda that's running you. And so be really clear on what am I feeding my brain every single day? Am I feeding it something that's lifting me up 
or again, bringing it down. And then lastly, the soul part, that's a simple one of, I don't care if it's church or taking a hike outside. For me, it's meditation. Taking care of that soul and refilling that bucket is so important. So specific to the mindset, those three things I think need to be taken care of every single day. Uh, but really being clear and intentional on, I want to feed myself positive things. Therefore, I'm going to start to believe those or you fill yourself with negative things. And certainly that begins to be our patterns. Absolutely. Well said. One of the things actually I've been doing to feed my brain with positivity and kind of suffocate all the toxic stuff from social media and the news is I only listen to audiobooks in my car. I don't consume any entertainment. I don't consume any music. Um, and just that right there, I mean, has helped me so much. And it's also kind of like a discipline too, even though I want to listen to music, I hit an audiobook. But tell me more about, I mean, we discussed how people can change their mindset, but what are some of the things that like action steps they can take throughout their day to help them be more conscious of their thoughts? Yeah, 100%. So what you said is so intentional. You made a decision at some point to say, look, I could listen to music, I could probably call people I could, you know, listen to the news. I mean, you have choices, everything in our life is a choice. But are you being really clear and intentional with your choice? So for instance, one of the things I talk about patterns a lot, just because we have triggers, all of us do some positive, some negative. And so looking for that pattern, is what's really important. That's why journaling every single day, I think can really help people. Because for instance, if you're driving as you're listening to your audiobook and somebody cuts you off, let's say that's a negative trigger for you and it puts you in a, a subtle form or a subdued form of road rage where you're like, oh, this guy cut me off. And now I start to go down a negative path. Or you could say, okay, I know that's gonna happen. And here's what's interesting. The emotions happen immediately in our limbic system. You have no chance of actually stopping that. However, you do have a choice of how you respond. So I always say, how do you respond, not react? And so I, I mentioned meditation earlier. One of the things that it's really done for myself and my clients, it helps you slow things down. So you make that intentional choice to respond, not just react. So okay, the guy cut me off and my trigger is to get really upset. Or I could say to offset that trigger to say, you know what, maybe this guy's in a rush, guy or gal is in a rush to get to the hospital. We can tell ourselves a different story to say, they're not looking to harm me. It wasn't out of malice. They're in a rush. And just changing that narrative will change your perspective where you're going, you know what, maybe I've been in a rush before too. And perhaps I've cut someone off. I'm, they weren't trying to put me in a bad mood. But when you write down your patterns, you'll figure out, oh, that's a negative trigger. How can I offset that? Mm, okay. Identify your patterns through journaling. That's what I look for with journaling. I mean, obviously, reflection is a huge part of that. Just to, you know, how did my day go? You know, there's another saying I always I feel like I'm saying it the same every day is you have two things you're in complete control of your attitude and your activity. How's yours today? And so when you're doing your journaling, that's a simple thing that I ask myself every single day. How is my attitude today? How is my activity? And if it wasn't great, what can I do to help that? Should I work out in the mornings? Or, or perhaps do I do a, a different routine in the morning so that I set myself up for the best chance at success rather than just haphazardly waking up and going about my day? If I know that if I work out in the morning, that fires off all the endorphins and it gets me fired up to just 
go seize the day. Cool, man. Let's make sure that we wake up a bit earlier and do that. Or maybe it's, you know, I need to meditate. Or for me, uh, I love to read 10 pages every single morning. So you just find what works for you and then get into that routine because you figure out your patterns as you're journaling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny you mentioned reading 10 pages and journaling because I do the exact same thing. I wake up at 5 a.m. and I immediately listen to positive affirmations on my phone. Then I go into my 20 minutes of transcendental meditation. And then right after that, I try to read 25 pages of a book. Um, and then around 6.30, 6.45, I start my workout. So by 8 a.m., I've accomplished some of the most important things that I need to do through my day. So tell me some more ways how you almost hack uh, your mindset and how what, what are some ways that other people can – incorporate new mindset techniques to help them elevate their life? Absolutely. The first thing I would say specific to the last question, being really clear on who you're surrounding yourself with. Mm. This is an exercise that I'm going to tell you guys, if you do this, it is a challenge. It's not necessarily the most fun thing that you're going to do. However, it is your life. So let's make choices to make sure the people we surround ourselves with are lifting us up. So quite literally, the first thing I do is make sure, you know, the five people that you surround yourself are a direct reflection of you. When you look in the mirror, how do you like the, the reflection that comes back? I didn't care for the reflection about 10, maybe it's 15 years ago. It's been a while, but I didn't care for what I looked at. Now, here's the hard part. I have emotions. I have relationships with these people. They're not bad human beings. They're just not necessarily lifting me up or they could even be intentionally or unintentionally bringing me down. So making that choice, because when you surround yourself with someone that inspires you, they make you want to be better. They make you want to get out of bed, like you said, at 5 a.m. and do your routine. Or if you're surrounding yourself with people that maybe don't have those habits, they're saying, oh, no, no, it's fine, Zach. Take your time. You don't need to work out today. It's those subtle things that happen that really start to shape the way our day goes and the days turn into months, turn into years. And so there's just this little action of not doing something one day. So for instance, I could eat a peanut butter cup and one day, is that a big deal? No. But if I have seven days in a row, yeah, still probably not that big a deal. 28 days in a row, now 365. And as you do that, if, if you allow those choices every single day to say, it's okay, I'll do this. That's when the compound effect really starts to take shape. And it's like, holy cow, that one peanut butter cup resulted in being overweight, unhappy, whatever, but it's that one decision. So just being intentional with your decision and making sure that is this helping me get closer to my goals or is it taking me further away? Absolutely. And one of the things I try to do is I always want to be the poorest, stupidest person in the room. Because if I'm, if I'm doing that, I'm around the right people. I love that. I, I would say this, you know, whether it's the poorest or, or certainly not stupid, just by that statement, you're not going to be because you're looking to continue to learn. That <laughs> simple idea that we continue to shape our brains called neuroplasticity. If you ever want to geek out on all that stuff, guys, neuroplasticity is amazing to me. Because our brains continue to evolve and change until the day we die. It's not like you graduated high school at 18 and now your brain's not going to develop anymore. 
or, okay, now I got my bachelor's at 22. So now I'm done. No, this goes for the remainder of your life. And so those beliefs, as you said, I think you said you read 25 pages a day. That's incredible. And so you're literally seeking out, I would imagine books that are going to push you, that inspire you, are some thought leader of something you've never thought of. And that simple action of actually reading, it's hard to explain why that's so important. But so often we've got just to this video age or just digital age, and I'm not suggesting those aren't great, but that simple act of reading and changing your brain, continuing to feed your brain is so important. Mm -hmm. And back to neuroplasticity, I'm sure you've heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, life-changing work, you know, understanding that we can change the physiology in our body and regenerate and, and upregulate cells and proteins and genes through changing our thought patterns. If we believe positive thoughts and we feel high frequency emotions of love, joy, gratitude, and appreciation, we end up having our cells be fresher and newer and they last longer. And it's, it's really possible that we can cure cancer and Parkinson's disease and heart disease through meditation and through positivity. That's why laughter is so healing. And um, it wasn't until recently that a lot of this work came to the surface. So, you know, being in control of your thoughts and building a strong foundation of consciousness through meditation and awareness that you're aware and disidentifying from your thoughts and having strong emotional intelligence is the framework. This is the groundwork that needs to be laid down before we can start to shoot for the stars or be a high performing habit type individual. And, you know, meditation, like you said, is, is something that I think you said is like one of the most important things you do. It's by far one of the most important things I do because it's helped me scale my personal relationships and it's helped me hone my focus in on the high value tasks I need to accomplish every day. And it's allowed me to deepen my relationships with my mother and my brother and all the friends and people that I care about around me because it allows me to be more present when I'm with them and enjoy that moment in time. So I preach meditation to, honestly, I mean, I talk about meditation every single day to not only my clients, but my friends and people I meet on the street or at the gym. And I hammer it, I feel like, into my followers on Instagram. But tell me more about your meditation practice and how it's helped you. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when I first started meditating, I guess that was back in college. So that was 20 some odd years ago, my goodness. But anyway, it really started uh, be something that I enjoyed, but then it kind of went out of my life. And then I brought it back. And then about early 30s, my early 30s, I just found that I was so much happier by just taking some time. Now, here's what's interesting with goals and setting these things. I would say, hey, I'm going to meditate 10 minutes a day. But let's just say I'm so busy that day. I'm on the road. Something happens and I don't do my meditation. Well, then in, I would actually be in reverse and my inner dialogue is a jerk sometimes was beating myself up about, oh, you didn't do your 10 minutes. What's wrong with you? Blah, blah, blah. And so what I did is I actually shifted that. And I said, I'm not going to meditate for a certain amount per day. I'm going to meditate daily. That could literally mean I meditate for 30 seconds. That could mean two hours. And I've done both. And it really just changed the, my perception of it's okay that I missed or I didn't get 10 full minutes 
or you know what? I was feeling it. So I'm not going to stop just because the timer went off or I'm really feeling this. So I'm just going to stay in this moment that shifted my, when I looked at my goals to allow me to say, it's okay to mess up. And it's, I don't have to put a framework around that says it has to be this much per day. And trust me, if it's 10, 20, 30 minutes, the more you can do the better. However, many of you are busy. You have your single parents with kids and you know, there's a lot going on. So just give yourself that grace and say, you know what? I'm just going to meditate today. I meditate driving in my car all the time because it's that down idle time where I can shut everything down, keep my eyes open, which that's a misnomer. Actually, when you Buddhist or Tibetan monks, excuse me, they actually do keep their eyes slightly open. And so it's funny, these Western practices so often they're like, close your eyes. And that's cool. If you do, I do, I, tr I traditionally do, but you can also do it with your eyes open. You can meditate on a subway. You can meditate at the office. There's so often you can just slow everything down and give yourself that time to just be. And so I don't know if that answers your question, brother, but it's that has shaped for me with meditation and made so much more sense than putting a time limit on how much I'm going to do it per day. Yes. And just, just connecting to yourself, right? Putting yourself first. We have so many things pulling us in so many different directions, whether it's your family or your children or work or sports or friends and, and giving us that time to meditate allows us to connect to the beat of our heart. It allows us to be aware that we have blood flowing in our veins, but meditation, the goal of meditation does get misconstrued. Sometimes my goal for meditating and everyone has different goals for meditation. A lot of people meditate from the mind. A lot of people meditate from the heart. But my goal for meditation is to just have no thoughts because when my monkey mind is telling me, Zach, you got to go to the bathroom or Zach, you got to text this person back or Zach, why are you sitting down right now when you have so many things to accomplish? You know, I have free will and I have to gain control over my monkey mind through my free will, but I can't do that unless I'm acknowledging these thoughts and I'm aware that I'm aware. So my goal of meditation is more scientific and less spiritual in the sense that I just want to be more aware of my thoughts and have more free will over what I choose to do throughout the day. And meditation by not having any thoughts for those 10, 15 minutes and drowning out the monkey mind, it builds that power. It builds and helps me be more consistent um, of that awareness of my thoughts. But tell me more about what you're trying to accomplish during meditation. Yeah, for me, it, it quite literally comes down to respond, not react. And that is developed through what you're talking about is self-awareness and mindfulness. Now, here's what's interesting. My mom knows how much I coach people on meditation, and I've actually coached her on it. And one of the things she always says is, Jam, I can't meditate. I can't turn my brain off. And here's what's crazy. That sheer act of actually being aware of your thoughts is meditation. And mm -hmm. so... That's what I'm always trying to let people know is, that, look, yes, there are people that reach enlightenment and they come to a different place with meditation. And that's cool, man. If you can get to that point, that's amazing. But I think just being aware of what's actually going through your mind and why, why am I thinking this way? What is that doing for me? Good, bad, or indifferent. And so that's what it does for me is I, I again, I'll say it again, respond, not react because I want to show up as the best version of myself. And typically 
when emotions are high or I res- if I react, that's not me showing up as the best JM. I hate to go third person, but the best person, you know, for that day, for that moment. And so I'm always looking to slow everything down and it helps you to just put things in perspective and say, is this that big a deal? Or is this serving what I'm trying to do? And so it's constantly asking questions and just, again, slowing everything down. It's a, it's peaceful for me in order to, when I do that. Mm. I love that. And continuing to just be more aware each and every single day, right? Like just because, you know, you're a mindset coach and you have great habits, you're a high performing individual doesn't mean you want to stop. You don't want to stay stagnant. You want to continuously get better. And that includes your meditation practice, right? hundred percent brother. So one of my favorite books is mindset by Carol Dweck. The idea of a growth mindset, just getting better every single day, not putting labels on I'm smart. I'm stupid. Any of that. Look, just having that growth mindset is so important to say you can do anything if you believe again, getting back to that concept, but specific with meditation and, and slowing things down it, I don't, it's hard to explain what it does for me personally. It helps me show up as the best version of myself. And I know, I know when I, when I miss it, my, my wife knows when I miss it, my kids know when I miss it. So it's just one of those things. It's become such a habit of mine to always be doing that, that when I do miss, I'm not showing up as my, as the best version of myself. So it's just something that routinely I want to make sure I don't miss. I, you know, I, I say to a lot of my clients and a lot of the people that I work with that, you know, not every day is perfect and, and we're going to hit roadblocks and maybe you might miss your meditation every once in a while and that's okay. But to have self-compassion, you know, and, and even if you take a misstep to just try to be a little bit better in the next moment and then continuously build on that, continuously get better. And I have the book mindset by carol dweck but i have not read it yet but after you telling me that it's one of your favorite books i think i might have to move it up in the pipeline as far as uh, my next reads go yeah it's one i have about two or three that i know if i give it out people are gonna like it mindset's one man search for meaning a very deep book by victor frankel but an incredible book i mean it's a life altering book and it's one of the most challenging reads but it's remarkable what it provides for perspective so those are two that i can absolutely say hey try this one try that one and you'll get a ton out of it love it jm is there anything you want to leave the audience with today you know i i what you mentioned earlier with giving yourself just a little uh you know grace or just being kind to yourself that whole idea of and i my saying is your inner dialogue is a jerk um it's okay when you mess up. It's okay. Let go for you so you can show up as the best version of yourself. Oh, I know what I was going to say earlier. This is a saying that has helped me tremendously to really show up and with my meditation practice. And it is past is pain, future is anxiety, present is everything. And so if you show up, and that doesn't mean all of your past is pain. Of course, I have, rem- I have amazing memories. I love to reminisce. However, if I'm constantly reminiscing, what am I telling myself about where I'm at today? Or if I'm constantly focused on what I'm going to do in the future, how am I really showing up in the present moment? And so when you really stop to think, everything is built on being present. Now, that's a challenge today with so much going on, 
cell phones, social media, you know, there's so much going on. Being really present is something I think all of us have to work on. I don't care how good your habits are. You have to be extremely intentional and mindful. My best example is spending time with my kids. Okay. I'm a Packer fan. Didn't go very well last night. But oh no. I'm sorry, JM. <laughs> it's all right, brother. But I could sit there and I could be on my phone while watching the game with my kids, while doing something else and not really be present to any of it. And so often I see parents with their kids where they're, I'm spending time with my kid while their phone is in their email or their text message. And I, what I want to tell to everyone is just, again, be present with them for that 30 minutes versus three hours and just partially being uh, attentive to them. If you do that, whether it's with work, your spouse, uh, your kids, name any part of your life. If you're really intentional with giving a hundred percent of your attention to that task or to that person, it's remarkable how fulfilling it is. But if you are sort of there, sort of not, you're giving that person 50% or 33% or whatever the percentage is, that doesn't feel good. Everybody wants a hundred percent attention. And so with my two boys, it's really important for me when we spend time together that I put that cell phone down. I'm really just with them because TJ's 14, man, he's going to be out of the house in four years. That's crazy. I want to give and soak up every moment with him. So who gives a care about the text or whatever's coming through? I can deal with that later and give a hundred percent of my attention to that text later. Mm-hmm. Well said. And, and that's one of the things that I just try to focus on is just being present. That's all I got to do. But Jam, I want to say thank you again for taking the time out of your schedule to pop by today. Everyone that's listening, go check out Jam on Instagram at Let's Go Win 365. Head over to his website, letsgowin.com, and check out his book. Uh, Jam, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast today, and I hope that we can connect soon. Brother, I appreciate you having me. I really do. I, you're obviously a very bright and, and motivated person, and I, I just love surrounding myself with people like you. I love that you're making the world a better place. So keep doing it, brother. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys have an incredible day.